Gabby. Welcome to the What Your Friends Know podcast. Thank you. So we're recording in Soho Square in the middle of Soho with about 300 people around. And a, what do you call a group of pigeons? And a pigeons. good... Uh, <laughs> a huddle? An intimidating bunch of pigeons above our head. Honestly, about 100 pigeons above our head. That have already pooped yeah, in I've surrounding areas. Yeah, I've already got poo on my <laughs> this, is, this is the most feral a bug just flew into my eye. <laughs> But you're comfortable, right? Yeah. See, it's risky because I want this. I wanted to start recording outside because the podcast studio is just making me claustrophobic. Yeah. And like bad, bad energy. Nothing against the podcast studio itself, but I just, I don't know, I just didn't enjoy it as much as I. A lot of pressure. Yeah, and so I thought I would do it outside. Yeah. Make sure we don't, because if we bump this, I know I'm the only one who's bumping it, but if we bump it, then it. It makes a noise. So um, pick up like well, lots of stuff. Yeah, kind of. But I feel like I'm gonna have to edit out the pigeons and everything, anyways. But and like car sounds. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of it, yeah. <laughs> Just be like, uh, uh. this is the most feral place to ever <laughs> record in the whole of London. No, it's okay. No, no, it's alright. No. <laughs> um, but I really wanted to get Gabby on the podcast. I've wanted to for a while. Because I feel like, although we're not really going to be talking about like career and stuff, mm. you're just such a peaceful, beautiful person. Thank I was like, you. I definitely want Gabby to come oh, on the podcast. I'm blushing. But what we're <laughs> going to talk about today is basically you were an incredible runner in school, but now you're doing like long distance running. And I feel like, although we're not really going to talk about running specifically, I feel like that kind of trickles into all areas of mm. your life and sort of who you yeah. are. And then um, what was the other thing? Travel. So Gabby spent, was it three months? On your LinkedIn it said three months. Yeah, three months. Yeah, three months in Spain. <laughs> My LinkedIn. <laughs> but I did want to start it off. I learned this fact the other day. Yeah. And it, I've honestly thought about it like every hour or so ever since. Okay. But we get about, on average, if we live to like 85. <gasps> um, anyway. But we, if we live to about 85, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to get about... 30,000 days in our lifetime, if we're lucky. Only? 30,000. 30, that feels like way too little. It's way too little. It's like a really, really That's short... That's 85. Thing. I know. I'm not too sure on the maths on that, but I think it's about 30,000. How do you think if you sort of now are like, okay, I have 30,000 days left in my life, do you think you'd change the way you're living your life currently, or do you think that you're already kind of seizing the day? <laughs> Carpe diem. Um... No, I do feel like I'm seizing the... I don't know. Because, like, you, you want to take time out of your day to spend it leisurely and, like, invest in yourself. Mm. So, like, I'm not going to... I don't know. I love walking places. I love taking my time. I am quite an indecisive person, like, with mornings and, like, getting ready for work, everything like that. But that's... I think that's, that's just me. Yeah. Like, I don't feel any rush to do anything. Obviously, you've got work that has like time requirements and everything like that but mm. my, I'm quite lucky with my work because they're quite relaxed with how the hours that I work but then some people I know are working ridiculous hours so they might have a different view on the question but yeah I don't know do what you think you? that the way that you're like working living your life right now you're like it's quite chilled yeah like I'm happy with it um yeah is the job that you're doing right now something that you would continue doing for like years or is it sort of something you're doing because no. you're in London? I feel like it's a filler. It was quite hard first coming here and trying to get your foot in the door, mm. especially with like with what I studied at uni and everything like that. The 
Um, marketing? Yeah. Marketing, but studied in like tourism management, like business, quite a few things, and then Spanish on the side. Um, but just the requirements for getting into businessy roles here is so much higher with like the standard of universities that they have here as well. So I feel like yeah. it's quite hard to get. Did you just see that? <laughs> I know, I'm ignoring it. <laughs> um, but would you change your, your career right now? Well, like your oh, change my cha- life right your now. lifestyle, knowing that I you don't have 30,000. 30, I like, I don't know whether this is a common thing or not. I think it is because I saw a TikTok about it the other day. But TikTok's that, always. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You're like, shit, I thought, only I thought that. Um, that like three o'clock in the day, every single day at three o'clock, I have this like massive reflection on my life and whether I'm doing the right thing in my life or whether I'm really yeah like three between like 3 p.m. to like 5 p.m. it's just like a really reflective time period that I'm always like reconsidering whether I'm doing things right or whatever I don't know what it is I feel like because I've been productive maybe in the morning and then I have lunch and whatever and then in the afternoon maybe I have like I think I have like an energy slump yeah so you kind of just like sit and think you don't think that you don't have that I definitely at least every day I kind of consider what I'm doing and am I doing the right thing but I don't know if it's around about the same time right I guess like if I'm on the tube in the morning I'm really tired and I'm like on the way to work I'm like what am I doing do you like catching the tube in the morning to work yeah my tube ride at the moment's nice because it's like 40 minutes just sitting down mm. and I only have to change once but I just put my headphones in I either listen to a podcast it's like me time but you're yeah. surrounded by randoms it's really weird I love being but surrounded I, by I like it I rate it okay yeah and on the way home from work in the evenings what time do you usually finish you usually finish around about 5 5 30 move that a little closer to your mouth 5 5 30 <laughs> that's 5 5 30 <laughs> um okay so that yeah. now it's light but it used to be quite oh, dark it used was to that be quite dark. depressing or no the worst was when I would work. I, so before I had the job I had now, I was working in a gym. And those hours... As a receptionist or what? As a receptionist, nice. yeah. Um, but those hours were um, 5 o'clock in the morning until 1 o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon. Or um, like 12 till 10. Or Did you say 1 o'clock in the morning? I said 4 o'clock in the morning. Wait, it's 5 four, o'clock four, in the morning. 5 o'clock in so the morning. So I would wake up at 4 in the morning, catch a bus. Oh my god, there's, now there's bugs everywhere. I'd catch a bus for an hour to get into Marlebone and I would get there to open the doors at like 5.30. Why did you work at a gym so far away from you? Well, at the time, I, when I got the job, I was living in like central Marlebone area, um, but that was just in a random spare room. And then I finally found a flat with my mates Friends. and um, that was southwest London, so way further away. Mm-hmm. But I committed to the job for like three months of waking up at four o'clock in the morning That's to really get there. Good. It was horrible. So you, but then other days I'd start at 1, finish at... Was it 1? Yeah. Start at 1, finish at 10.30. Go home, have a nap? Yeah. Go home, sleep. Yeah. Oh, sleep for the night. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And what did you learn? What did you like about having to wake up that early? Because it's so peaceful for, for hours. Yeah. It was hard at first getting used to it, but like the actual commute to work was really nice because I was <laughs> commuting with like all the nurses that were like finishing their night shifts oh, and everything that's really like that. sweet but everyone was just like so respectful of each other everyone just sits and yeah it was no drama Cute. but it, it was got tiring after a while so. seeing the city at that time of day would have been really interesting as well oh my god the um I had a shift an early morning shift the day after the queen died and like 
it was just so crazy. It was pitch black. All the streets were empty. Oh no. Oh. I've learned a lot in this five minutes already. Where are they going? I have no idea. Um, what were you saying? Sorry, the queen dying. Um, <laughs> sorry, the queen dying. <laughs> so on the day she died, like, um, I was on the bus, and every single bus stop here has a um, screen, mm. like a big, huge screen, and every single bus stop had the oh, picture of the yeah, queen. It was and, freaky. Like, yeah, it was freaky. So you'd be going down the st- all the streets and just like every 100 metres there'd be a picture mm. of the Queen and it, no one was out. It was so dark and yeah, it was kind of, it was just really freaky. It kind of reminded me, not that it was like this at all because obviously like, you know, I think people have mixed opinions on the Queen but it's not like, I was going to say, it's like the Hunger Games how they had, they take over, every, like a hacker takes over every screen or something. Yeah. I don't know if that's the Hunger Games but... Like every screen, every screen everywhere was just taken over by this one image of the queen. And like you went into the supermarket and they have like the newspaper stand and it's just different pictures of the queen. And yeah. That's like the wedding. Yeah. Recently. No, 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 sorry, not the wedding. Coronation. Coronation. Yeah. Felt like a wedding. Yeah. Um, Did feel like it actually. Yeah. Wait, I should have put my questions in order, but I wanted to start with your sport. Yes. Okay. Um... What do you think was the best and worst things that came out of your sort of athletics Gabby era that you had when you were in high school? I, I, Gabby was incredible at athletics. 100 metres, 200 metres and long jump, yeah. but mostly short distance 100, running? 200, yeah. 100, 200. Yeah. Long jump was kind of just like a random hobby. But, wait, what was the question again? What was the best <laughs> and worst thing that came from it? Um, I think, obvi- like, training for a sport, especially an individual sport, teaches you so much about like just genuine <laughs> they have a right to walk there they do. no this one's having an issue with it yeah <laughs> this is um i think yeah training for a, a, an individual sport obviously we did it in like a group environment so mm. it was like a team sport you turn up with the same people every day do similar training sessions blah 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 but in the end all of your effort that you put into training is up to you you don't fall back on anyone else um like on race day it's just you running in a straight line or a slight curve and that's it you can't blame anyone else mm. um so I've definitely learnt just to like self-starting yes accountability determination um that's probably the best things that have come out of it and the worst thing to come out of it I don't know I think um at that age, being so competitive and putting so much effort into it, like obviously there's things around like body dysmorphia and like all that type of thing, but that's kind of like that's what you expect when you put a teenage girl through like quite rigorous training. Well, not rig- it wasn't rigorous. It was really fun. I loved it. Um, but going through that age where you're constantly doing exercise and you don't really have to think about what you're eating or anything like that. And then you suddenly stop and it's like, okay, like, how do I live my life? Mm. Um, so that was kind of like a hard thing to adjust to. But now that I've overcome it and figured out what style of exercise I like doing now and just being by myself, living by myself, I've learned so much from it. So like, it's, mm. I wouldn't, yeah, yeah. 
positive experience. Yeah, positive experience. And you've transitioned sort of into into long distance running now, like half marathons and mm. things like that. Did you have a long period of time where you sort of didn't do running, or did you go straight into that? Or I kind of had what was like, your relationship with like with running after that athletics? It was quite hard. Like the first, I remember I had a conversation with my coach, being like, "I need to take time to myself." And initially, I said. I'm going to quit. I'm not going to quit. I'm just going to take a break and I'm going to come back. And this was kind of when I was going to uni. I wasn't really sure what I was going to do. And then after a while, I was like, okay, no, I'm going to quit. Like, I need to accept that I'm not, I don't have the time to commit Mm -hmm. to a full training schedule, everything like that. Um, And so when I did that, it took me a while to actually do any exercise because I, A, didn't know what to do. I've always been turned up to a training session and someone's told me what to do. Um, so that kind of, it was weird, that self-drive that you thought that you had from being an individual athlete mm-hmm. kind of got lost because you realised like, oh, I actually turned up every day and someone was yelling it or telling me what to do. And your why, probably. You're yeah. like, why am I doing this? Literally. I'm not going to win a medal. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm like training for fun. Like, hadn't really done that. And it was weird. Like, I, yeah, it was just a really re- weird transition. Um but then COVID happened, lockdown, and I was just like, I'm going to start running. And I remember my brother is a quite a good runner. He runs like 10K, like five times a week, just like casually. And he's always been really good at it. And I was like, went for my first run in COVID and got about like a K and a half down the road. I was like, I need to stop. Like this is Because in my training that I do for athletics, you don't run further than like true yeah like it's just constant repetitions of shorter distances Mm. so trying to get myself to do long distances was such a mental battle um and I remember like the first day getting my first 5k in I was actually running like there's a three kings athletics track um by my house and it's like like you know the cricket yeah and I know that the like the circle on the outside is like 400 meters Mm. so I was just running repetitively around being Mm. like okay how many laps how many laps how many laps and I hit 5k and I was like oh my god this is amazing (laughs) you would have had to learn how to pace yourself as well probably because running that slow is probably really not familiar to you I still struggle with pacing now to be fair like Mm. I always have it as a competition you've got a bug on your face (laughs) (laughs) I I can feel it (laughs) I don't know I struggle with pacing now because I'm so used to um, (laughs) just always going flat out (laughs) yeah but yeah I bet but now it's almost the opposite. I've done so much running that mm. I struggle to push myself to go faster because I know the pain of going fast. Yeah, so I, don't I can do imagine. It. So wow. it's kind of hard. That's in, that's so interesting. Yeah. Did you ever? I always wondered with um, with such short distance running, um, how do you sort of psych your body up from going from absolute standstill to just trying to push yourself to the maximum for like sometimes it's ten seconds. Yeah. Yours is like 12 seconds. Yeah, yeah research <laughs> has been done. Um, yeah, so there's quite a cool photo of me that um, got taken at one of our athletics nationals. And it's like, uh, we're on the 200 meter start line and there's like all of us all standing with our blocks in front of us. And I always had like a tradition that with my starting, I'd always slap my legs with like my um, fists and then I'd do like a big jump up before I would hop into my... Um, 
I've seen athletes do that. Yeah, and so there's a photo of me where both girls beside me are just standing there, like staring at the blocks, and then I'm like, I look like I'm so like tired yeah, and yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. jumping up in the air. I'll show you it. It's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but so you sort of just hyped yourself up into like yeah. that. I guess you you train the first probably five strides or something, don't you? Yeah. You you repetitively like a training session would be broken up. Say you do like 145 meter sprints really random distance but mm. for some reason it works do like five of them and then at the end of your training session you do blocks or like start you'd, you'd practice that first 10 meters just over and over again mm. um and then on a race day before a race you do like a full warm-up um just practice like strides up and down do a few block starts and then yeah you just go stand you have to go to your little um, marshalling tent, you get your like <laughs> bed. You guys run in basically bra and undies, don't you? Yeah, that was a that was a yeah. And then people take it to the next level and they use rundies, which is the running undies, like the proper. I just used to do spanks and like like the Nike Pro shorts or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And then what do the boys wear? Those like um, swim shorts, almost they look like. Yeah, just they like go down to shorts. their knees. Yeah, or like um, men's spanks, right. tights. I saw a guy Anything. running with just tights on the other day, and I honestly saw his entire Meeting anatomy. It was, yeah, it was <laughs> foul. Um, and oh yeah, what was what was one of the? So you did did you ever consider going to America or anything like that? Um, so I got a really bad injury when oh, I yeah. was um, sixteen. So I basically, because I did athletics, sure, but I did so many other sports as well. Um, so I did like football, netball, touch rugby. I was doing everything I could basically because mm. I just loved it. And um, basically I got an injury where I did too much exercise and the, for some reason the top of my femur was a square oh. and my hip so your hip socket's obviously round. And so I had to get a surgery done where basically they like dislocate your leg, shave off the top of your femur so it's round, put it back in. And then I had like labral tears from the amount of exercise I'd been doing as well. So that was like a really big setback. Mm. And kind of from that, I, I basically ran all my best times before I had that injury. Right. And then when I started training again afterwards, it was just really hard to get back to the level that I was. And once I hit a certain point where I was like, I'm not gonna get back to where, where I was, then I just decided to stop. Wow. Yeah. So, I don't know, that was quite early to even be considering America. It would have been a cool thing to do, mm. but I also think there's kind of like a bit of a issue around American universities and how they treat their athletes. Really? Yeah, just like wanting them there purely for sport. And yeah. if you're injured, like too bad, get your shit together yeah well I mean American universities I think it was only recently that they passed a law saying that athletes could be paid by the on the university if the team was bringing in that much money really? so like American basketball is obviously like the what was his name he went to Duke and he was Zion Williamson Zion oh, Williams. Kind of sounds familiar. He's a basketball player and he yeah. was like this seven foot, like absolute like Shaquille O'Neal <laughs> type yeah. player. And he was bringing in crowds of <gasps> people because he was just a f such a phenomenal player. Yeah. And then um, 
and then I think maybe I'm absolutely butchering this, but maybe it was similar timing that they um, actually kind of got lawyers involved and were like, well, if the team's bringing in millions of revenue because we've just got such great players, then we should be funded. We yeah. should be um, financially compensated. Compensated for that, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's probably wow. quite similar. Yeah, yeah. it's cool. Um, and. <clears throat> Yeah, so when did you sort of decide that you were going to go to... When did you start learning Spanish? So Are you Spanish at all? No. Um, you so kind of look Spanish. My mum's Croatian. Right, that's so it. So that's where, like, the, the dark features come mm. from. Um, but, no, so I studied Spanish when I first went to Berardine. Um That was, like, the... In, like, your year seven and eight, you did, like, a new language each term. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was compulsory for you to take a language for, like, two years or something. So I chose Spanish and then ended up doing it until... <laughs> so I studied Spanish up until first year NCA. Um, and then I decided I was moving schools. So I switched... I was too scared to pick up Spanish at a new school because I wasn't sure what the level of Spanish was going to be. Why did you move schools? You don't have to say. I don't know. It was kind of just like a mix of things that had gone on, like... Um, a, there was a really good athletics coach at the school I was moving to. B, I kind of just wanted a fresh start. And C, my academics weren't that great. Really? Yeah. Wow. Like, the subjects I was taking and everything like that. Um, I don't know, I think I just needed a, a change of scenery and a bit of a push to do so. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I moved schools, didn't study Spanish, and then my brother studied French at university. And I saw the way, like, he got to do exchanges and, like, it had been giving him lots of opportunities um, just in general. Mm. So, and my mum studied German at university as well. So I was like, I'm going to do Spanish. Um, Did you have to have a base level of understanding of the language to study it at uni? um, So they did, like, a little quiz type thing before and basically you could decide whether or not you wanted to skip a level or start from scratch mm. and I was like I'll start from scratch which was really fun because first year uni I knew absolutely everything mm. or, or most of it already like the basic grammar um, so yeah I basically started from scratch and then because my brother studied it he did a exchange overseas to France for a year so I was like I'm going to do the same um, but by the time that my time for that came around COVID happened so that happened to so many people it's just yeah it fucked everyone up um so yeah i had to find like a different way to go overseas and i know they're back (laughs) the pigeons are swarming um i had to find a new way to go overseas so i found the internship through like an internship group Mm. and yeah i kind of just like figured out my own way to get there because university exchange wasn't going to happen so you did this right after university yeah, so I finished, I ended up cutting my uni papers short, so I should have been there for another half year, um, just to get a search, like an extra qualification on my degree, um, but then I was like, okay, my exchange won't happen, I'm just going to cut it short and move overseas, so literally finished studying in November and left in January to go do the internship. Wow. So yeah. you went to Spain for three months? Yeah. What was that like? Because what was your level of Spanish at that point like? Um, It's like always been the same. My knowledge of like certain vocabulary and grammar is really good. But when it comes to speaking, and I think lots of people who learn languages have the same problem. It's just really hard to get over like a mental block Mm -hmm. to speak. 
Um, and that's the whole reason why I wanted to go to Spain because I just wanted to be immersed in there, forced to speak it and um, just like improve overall. So Spain was amazing. Like it was so much fun. The people I met, it's just Did like... you live with Spanish people? So Spanish speaking people? The first month I got there, I was doing like another short course, like a Spanish course. Right. Um, so I lived in just like a... Airbnb for a month. That was in Barcelona. Um, so Barcelona. I, Barcelona. Pardon me. Um, so they had, I had a, my own own room to myself. Um, but then the lady who owned the Airbnb, she spoke Spanish and English. So we kind of switched between the two. Right. Um, and what did your level of learning go up like? Um, it was really good. Like I remember, I was telling someone else this the other day, and I can't remember who it was. But I remember the first time I kind of like clicked like, oh my God, my Spanish is actually good because I went and got my nails done at a mm. nail bar. And the girl who was doing my nails, she was originally from uh, China, but Spanish is her English second language. Mm. And then she spoke English as like a third or fourth language. So it was easier to speak in Spanish than it was in English. Right. And we were just sitting there and we both had that like approach to learning languages that we just had that like basic information that we wanted to get across um so we had this like conversation and I was understanding what she was saying she was understanding what I was saying and we were both just like really excited to be like practicing having a decent conversation about like different schools um her family like her culture my culture telling her facts about New Zealand asking other questions like how often she works everything like that and I like walked out of the nail salon and I remember taking a video sending it to a group chat with all my friends being like oh my god guys like I feel so accomplished like I actually just like proved to myself that I am good at Spanish and I can hold a conversation and probably because she was similarly like yeah neither of us can be embarrassed with each other because we're both on the same level I feel like do you think that maybe part of that mental block is like I know for a fact that, like, if I try to speak Portuguese in front of anyone who's got any understanding of Portuguese, I just completely shut down mentally. Mm. When I say it in front of Rosa, I'm, like, you know, getting things wrong left, right, and center, but I'm, like, stumbling through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't have that mental block. Yeah. And it's funny because, like, you go traveling and you say you go to a Spanish country and you try practice with a Spanish person and they'll switch to English, like, instantly if they know that you don't speak Spanish but if you keep speaking in Spanish they'll understand that you want to try okay. and so then they'll switch back to Spanish which is right. really good yeah because I feel like because I'm sure they have good intentions yeah. with speaking English they're like okay I can see that you're kind of struggling yeah let's make this easier yeah yeah and a few jobs that I've worked in since then like the other staff that have worked there speak Spanish and they're always so happy to like chat and mm-hmm. like at the gym especially some um members spoke Spanish and right. so they would come in and like they'd only speak to me in Spanish oh, I love and stuff that. like that which is really nice um, but yeah now that I have I'm not living in Spain and I'm not doing a job where I speak Spanish my levels have just gone yeah it's down like the again. whole use it or you lose it yeah. thing yeah, do you yeah. think that you'd ever live in Spain permanently at any point oh yeah I'd love to I love like so I did the first um, month in Barcelona and then I went and lived in Madrid which is where I did the internship for right um and I love Madrid. Like, it's like a... I don't know if it's better or worse than London, but it's just like the same equivalent of London, but yeah. in a Spanish-speaking same city. Same with Milan, I think. They're yeah, all yeah, kind yeah. of similar. Um, but yeah, I would definitely love to live in a Spanish-speaking country again. I'd love to get a job where I could speak 
well, like you, you work in English, right? But you're just like living in Socially, Spain. Socially, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you wouldn't want to sort of do the full immersion where you're like only ever speaking Spanish. Yeah, I feel like my Spanish isn't at that level where I could like biz, like professional. Yeah, I don't think I'd I'd be able to do it. But it's it's like really hard as well to. I don't know how people do it. Yeah, who work I have a few languages. friends who are Portuguese and they um, have been in English-speaking countries for like five to eight years. Yeah, um, and so they're like absolutely fluent. But I, I mean, that's quite intimidating to think that it would take you know eight years in a country in a foreign yeah. country to adjust. But I was thinking about this you know, the other day that how much of your personality is sort of made by the way you speak and the words you choose to use yeah like I don't know it's kind of I, I was getting ripped out for using the word unreal to describe <laughs> like if I have like a meal that's like <gasps> unreal I'll say it's unreal but who was taking the piss out of you for that Rosa oh okay <laughs> already mentioned it three times <laughs> in but I'm thinking more like obviously being from New Zealand coming to the UK you get taken the piss out of for yeah. like your just any word that, but any I feel way like that, that you speak really. so much of your personality yeah you know that it would be sad that you're sort of um, back to square one in terms of like you only have a certain limited vocabulary to just to communicate and yeah. express yourself to the world I'm overthinking it but yeah. you know yeah 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 my it's quite funny my brother's been here for three years now but he's completely eliminated the use of the word A yeah like I don't even know if he said it that much in the first place mm. but he was like yeah if you just get rid of using the word a you will be fine like no one will think that you're from new zealand but i'm like i don't want to get rid of yeah. using the word a like i I'm love like, why using should it. you yeah <laughs> so you lived in spain for how many months in total three months in total three months in total what was the biggest culture shock you experienced <laughs> um definitely <laughs> um biggest culture shock i'd say the nightlife definitely really how yeah. so like you go out at oh yeah 11 or oh, no not even that you start drinking at 11 and you go out at like 2 get back at 7am like it's just insane and everyone's got the same idea mm. and on a like i don't know cuz spain i didn't have that much time in london before i went to spain and so i hadn't got used to the whole like um, being able to drink outside like in par- in parks and everything and just like the whole sitting out in like a little square with like your sangria or Everyone like your behind wine. us. Like yeah, literally. Um, oh, it's just such a nice such a nice culture. Yeah. Like yeah. It's very European. Yeah. To enjoy sort of enjoy public spaces like this. Do you yeah. think it's because of a population thing that like first it, of all people don't have personal backyards? <laughs> people don't have personal backyards. Um, I've never seen someone on that in the light of day. That takes balls to be on that TikTok in the light of day. But do you think it's because people don't really have their own personal backyards yeah. that they feel inclined to share the big parks? Yeah, like in cities like London and Madrid and Barcelona, everyone's kind of like squished together in like these tiny little apartments that I honestly don't know how anyone living in like an apartment like that well obviously those ones are quite expensive because they're in Soho but <laughs> I don't know how they're imagine doing it like, like <laughs> in their multi-million dollar apartments <laughs> hmm. oh, you guys um, are such imagine like a t- 
tiny apartment yeah, in box. COVID. That's why in Spain, the only, they had like a certain time period where you could only leave the house if you were walking a dog. Right. And so the number of people who bought dogs mm. just went through the roof because they wanted an excuse to leave. Mm. So the poor dog would be getting walked like four times a day because each person... That's why dogs are so expensive now. Yeah. They'd like double the price because the demand went up, which is insane. I know. But to be fair, I guess everyone's home with the dogs. You know, that's one of the things that... True. You've got that whole thing about like COVID babies and like COVID puppies who are like so yeah. they have like anxiety when they're social anxiety. Yeah. Um, and what do you think was speaking more generally generally about maybe your move to London as well? What do you think has been the greatest thing that you've learned about yourself since moving overseas by yourself? Um, just like I don't know, I've learned to like really have fun by myself. Mm-hmm. Like when I first got here, I was so nervous about eating alone or like just being by myself because I knew literally no one um but now like I don't know if I've I don't I wouldn't say that I've become more of an introvert because I don't think that I have but I'm just really happy by myself as well Mm -hmm. if I need to be I love going out I love socializing but if I don't want to like that's fine I just value my time a lot more um yeah yeah I don't know do you feel like you've had the same kind of yeah well um I would never use, I don't know, like even if I want to do something, I'll go and do it regardless of whether yeah. I have people, like I'll be like, hey, does anyone want to do this? If everyone's busy, then I'll just do it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, I feel like I would have never usually done that. Yeah. But also things like, I don't know, this, for example, I would, there's like, you wouldn't, you couldn't pay me a billion dollars to do this in a New Zealand park. <laughs> you probably know everyone Wait, in the park. Yeah, so. you would. Your cousin would be sitting on the park bench. <laughs> like, you would, you, you know. But I think that that gives you so much freedom. Like, um, you can do whatever you want, be whoever you want, yeah. try new things. I, I think trying new things without the fear of judgment. Yeah, without the fear of judgment. Has absolutely been life-changing. I think that's why that 30,000 days quote really resonated with me so yeah. much was because it was like... That's so true, like, being judged, acting in a way that you're avoiding judgment or avoiding embarrassment or thinking about, fuck me, those pigeons are back. pigeons are coming. Fearing, I'm just closing my eyes and praying that I don't fear, feel that shit on me. Um, But yeah, I think that living your life and trying to avoid being embarrassed or judgment from other people Mm. was like the worst way to live and I was definitely doing that when I was in New Zealand subconsciously yeah no 100% I definitely like just the way that I approach my day and like how I I don't know I just feel I yeah no I completely agree I also think that I've learned not that this like applies to every situation but from the experiences I've had, like knowing that everything is going to be okay. Mm. Like it's going to be fine. Um, all my friends already know this, but basically last year I've had my phone stolen three times in a year. Um, was it one of the, where you where they drive past on a bike or a lime scooter or something? So the first two times was genuine pickpocketing. Um, and then the second time, the final time I was walking home from work at like 10 o'clock at night and I was FaceTiming my friend Millie and um, a guy on a bike in a like an Uber Eats or like a Just Eats outfit went no by way. and plucked it out my hand. Because I always see them and I was like, well, they're working. They would never. No. Yeah. No. I feel like some of them just have outfits in case, like they just. Yeah. Anyway, so wow. you can imagine the panic after that happening each time. Um, but 
every time that it happened, the f- like the first time it happened, I had a laptop with me at the same time. So I, Amazing. like, quick thinking, got the laptop out, did everything I could to, like, block whatever. Um, second time it happened, God, where was... Oh, I was drunk. Um, and my brother, I just had to put my brother in an Uber. Um, and whilst I was putting him in the Uber, it got picked out of my bag. And I'd already said goodbye to everyone. They were like, oh, we're leaving now, like, just checking you're okay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, putting him into an Uber, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then I was left on my own, put my hand into my pocket and was like, my phone is gone. Oh my God. So I had to, like, get in a taxi, um, pay, like, 60 quid to get home, and then do the same thing again, cancel everything, blah, blah, blah. And then the final time it happened, I was on the FaceTime. I was on FaceTime with Millie, and someone drove by and plucked it out my hand, and that was like the worst. I was like, "He just stole my phone!" Mm. And like, no one around you does anything to help because they know the dangers of stepping in, or like, they're just gonna. Like, I'm pretty sure a week later, after mine got stolen, someone got stabbed on Liverpool Street for fighting back when someone really? stole their phone. Yeah, so it's so common, but like. I had to go to the tube station, like, ask if I could get a free ride, like, my phone's just been stolen, started, like, crying to the lady, being like, please, can I get home on the tube? Um, And so, like, in all of those situations, I've woken up the next day with, like, massive hatred to myself, being like, why did that happen? But I've always, like, it's always been fine, it's always turned out, I've always had, like, obviously my parents help me in those situations too, my brother, everything like that, I couldn't do... I couldn't be traveling without having their support, like, the way that they've, like, having them when I've been lonely, like, being able to call them, my brother being in, like, similar similar situations himself, always being, like, it's fine, like, good, like, you just have to ride, like, the really lonely times or the shit times, because, like, you will get, you'll come out better on the other side. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, just, like, trusting that everything's going to be all right, though, like, couldn't have been any more relevant no, in those situations, yeah. because... It was just the worst. Oh, that's so difficult. Yeah. You, you really re- realise how... I don't know, I always knew that, like, your family, obviously your family growing up, but I think when you are when you reach adulthood, and here especially when you're far away from home, well, <laughs> um, you realise how, like, you're never going to achieve the bond you have, if you're lucky enough, with your family. Yeah. With, like, you will be very hard-pressed to find people that you're that bonded with. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In terms of, like unconditional love always there for you mm. rain or shine like I'll pick up the phone sometimes and just be in like the f- saddest or like foulest mood and I'll just be like mom <laughs> and she's like yeah yeah it's like that you I know? remember calling my mom when I had my phone stolen and she was like you can't help that there's criminals out there and I'm like that's so no, but true I want to. <laughs> like but like oh yeah <laughs> It makes you, like, lose a little bit of faith in humanity when you see something like that. Oh, God, yeah. That's bad. But thank God for my mum. She's Mm. the best. And what do you think this time has made you miss most about home? I was actually talking to a few of my friends recently about this. So... Ignore them and they won't come over. Yeah. Um, So, personally, I find that I have at home a group of friends, and I'm pretty sure you'll feel the same about your friends with this situation, but... My friends at home, I don't need to be switched on for them at all. Like, mm. I can just go... When I go hang out with them, I can just relax. Nothing I... I, need, I don't need to think about anything that I say or do. Like, I'm fully just calm. And I know I'm going to be happy and, like, have a good time. Talk to the absolute... Like, we could talk for so long about the weirdest stuff. And no one will judge you. Mm. 
And I feel like the parts, the times that I've got homesick here has been where I'm in that mood to just like be, be with people. I don't want to be mm. alone, but I don't, also don't want to be co- switched on and constantly thinking about what I'm going to say next or how yeah. to respond or how to speak in a certain way. Um, so that's what I've really been missing recently because like meeting so many new people, um, meeting like other people's families, everything like that, it's just so much pressure well personally I put so much pressure on myself to because mm. I'm a people pleaser I want people to like me yeah um, so yeah it's having that group of friends where you don't need to switch off for them for but that's sort of like the type of friendship that you can obviously FaceTime them and stuff but you don't really you can just like FaceTime each other and just like sort of have the phone on and just hang out like yeah. that like you could but it yeah. doesn't feel the same as the types of friends that you can just lay in silence with and have quality time together yeah it's not even like just needing someone to like yeah it's just it's so different because obviously I have companionship companionship yeah I obviously have times where I will just call someone for a solid period of time and we'll talk for ages but yeah it's just not the same value as having that person in person yeah yeah that's so true yeah do you feel like that's the same with you like you yeah I mean I think it's I've been lucky that um, a couple friends I knew from home um, are here now. And yeah. So like whenever that sort of made me feel that like whenever I'm sort of hanging out with them and like you guys, like it just feels like I'm at home. Mm. And I think when I came over here, I don't know. I've always I've always thought that um, when I th- you, like I've always wanted to throw myself in the deep end and see if I can swim. Mm-hmm. But as I grow older, like I realize that sometimes that means that I'm putting myself through unnecessary suffering to try see if I can have some gains somehow right, yeah and I think that when I came over here I was like I'm gonna move to the other side of the world by myself like I'm gonna really like suffer it out like build friendships or whatever and yeah. I realize now that although that's great and I've definitely learned a lot I think that like I I am so grateful that I didn't have to suffer in that aspect of like yeah I had months where I was by myself because I didn't know anyone but then these friends came over and I realized how much I value that time with long-term friends who've known you for so long like um my dad said when I came over here was like like try new things and do a bunch of different things but um you can get really caught up in it all and really lose who you are Mm because you're in such a different environment. So true, And yeah. so it's so tempting to do that as well. New city, new me, whatever. Yeah. But like, you will actually just end up losing some parts of yourself that you really value. Yeah. But so. you've made lots of friends that aren't yeah. Kiwi as well. Definitely. Yeah. And so I think there's a, there's a, you need to find a balance. Like, um, don't like park up with some, with like, you know, not, not, I was going to say don't park up with friends and don't make new friends. But, <laughs> but yeah, like continue to make new friends. You're, you're over here for a reason. Yeah. 12 billion 12 million people in the city yeah. like you should be out there meeting new people yeah um, so true and these are two questions that aren't really relevant to the current discussion but yeah they're questions that I would love to know the answer to okay so the first one is what's one thing which you would love to do but are too scared to do at the moment or you have a lot of fear around doing hmm I don't know and like what aspect of life? Well, they're kind of, there's, the two questions are kind of similar. So like one, what's one goal that you have which people would be surprised to know about you? What's one thing you would love to do but are too scared to do? <laughs> oh God, they're really playing ping pong like their life depends on it. 
I don't know if this is more if it's a surprise or not, but so the job I'm kind of in now, it's quite relaxed. Mm. Like it's very well, I'm I'm learning lots. It's not the industry, it's not the type of role that I want to be in. But um, my mum is like the most successful woman you'll ever come across. Well, not like the most, but like in my eyes, she's just like super, she's just amazing. Like she's got such a business mind and she's done so well for herself and like in the type of job opportunities she's had and everything like that. So I'm obviously her, like she's my role model. So I want to be like, I want to have the opportunity, same opportunities that she has, you know, like traveling for work, award ceremonies, like just like being on boards, doing um, amazing things. Mm. And I don't know, that's kind of like a goal of mine. And I feel like the, the role I'm in now, obviously everyone has to have a starting role. Like you can't Entry get your level. dream job straight yeah. away. But um, I, yeah, I think that's a goal of mine to kind of have the same standard of work that she has. But I know that she, if she listens to this, she's probably like, why would you want to work like I do? But um, I don't know. She's no, just really got sweet. a good, a good life and everything like that. And yeah, that's just what I aspire to be like. Yeah, that's really cool. Do you think that you, the the sort of field that you're in right now, is something you'd want to? So you're kind of saying yeah. that you want to like go through this like really hard. You want to work. Like I want to be. I want to be pushed hard. Like yeah, I want to. Yeah. Like I don't know. Also, like some of the people, like Greg, for example, he works like insane hours. Mm. But it's like the rewarding. It is, it is rewarding, and he like you know it's it makes him happy to be working that hard and like knowing that he's doing well. Mm. And like I'm the same. I want to be in a in a position where I'm getting put to work and I'm learning so much, and you're just constantly developing. Yeah. Um, but then I'm also in that position where I'm like, okay, the role I'm in now is quite relaxed compared to what I want to be doing. So let's take advantage of being this in, in this position now and go on holiday, have mm. fun, um, meet new people, everything like that. But I'm almost like kind of waiting for like an opportunity to kind of just like walk yeah. in front of me where it's like, okay, like that's what I want to do. That's going to take me to where I want to be. Um, but I guess like to answer the other question, which is about what are you scared to do? Like if that opportunity does come by, like are you going to take it yeah. like, are you going to be in the position to be like okay I'm done where I am now or like I'm happy where I am now should I still take this opportunity because what if it fails mm. um, but I think it's just like a normal thing everyone's going to have that like doubt but kind of just have to back yourself really isn't it's it? so true it's like are you you know I'm fairly comfortable with the way my life is right now it's like you know I'm really happy with how it's going but mm. same like I think that's I, I've actually come across so many people who are sort of our age and whatever have had similar life experiences yeah. or maybe this is just a thing that happens when you're like growing older or sort of working entering the post university time in mm. your life I have a bug up my nose a hundred percent I can literally I actually feel it felt it crawling up there <laughs> I didn't see an it. Oscar for not <laughs> you were like on a roll <laughs> I didn't want to disturb um, is that like you sort of enter this period where you're super 
you have a lot of energy and sort of like a lot of motivation mm. for life I feel yeah um, and that's just about having this like autonomy and youth and time and decisions mm. you know you sort of you're at this point in your life where you can go in any direction and like it's not going to have a significant impact on like how you you know your success or whatever but like it's where do you point that motivation mm. where do you point that like momentum and what direction do you do you go in? Which is kind of freaky because it links back to the question you had at the beginning, like the, the yeah. fact you had at the beginning is because you've got a certain amount of days in your yeah. life. Like limited. Like, yeah. like, it is limited. When you think about it, yeah, limited. But what are you going to do with it each day? And, like, are you just going to sit in this, like, comfortable little position where you're making enough money to, like, have enough fun? Mm. Or, like, are you going to, like, put your head down and get to working so mm. that later on you can have more fun? I actually did a whole podcast episode about this with my friend Lucy of work to live or live to work. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, And it was really interesting because we kind of, like, it's not like we were trying to debunk this big decision because, like, obviously both are very um, valuable and good ways to live your life. Yeah. But it's sort of just like, you know, you you almost just drift in between both. Yeah. Um, I don't think, I don't, I don't know anyone who's been one their whole life. One, you know, I don't no. know anyone who's been lived to work their whole life or yeah. work to live their whole life. Um, but it's exciting. I mean, I think that's such a cool trait to have. The yeah. fact that you're like really locked into being, like you want to be hardworking. You just yeah. don't know. I think that probably links back to being such a, like a talented sportsman when you were younger. You were probably, like you pushing. were like, well, this is, this is where I direct that. But mm. now it's like, where do I direct that now? Yeah. And it's like, it's what you were saying before, you kind of finish uni and you have this excitement to like get into the workplace and like get stuck in and Mm -hmm. just like, you're really enthusiastic about working hard and then you get to the job and it's like, wait, this isn't actually, for some people it's like, it's not that difficult or, and it's like, it's not that same like effort that you thought it was going to be and so you just do it and then by the time it gets to the point where you do need to do more work, you're you're just like you're like well I'm not used to that yeah well I'm not used to that so you kind of it's like yeah I don't know it's just like hard to find a balance between between all of that but then you think of our parents and like I mean I look at my parents and I think that they have incredible work life balance Mm. in terms of how hard they work and what they choose to do in their free time so it's probably just something we get better at yeah but then also the other thing with our like era is like we're not going to have the same job for 40 years like our parents do or like like I can't even imagine it sure like my mum or like my dad hopped around like different accounting firms or whatever but I thought he was gonna knock it over <laughs> or something <laughs> <laughs> um, like sure my dad's been an accountant his whole life like hopping between different jobs yeah but for us like you you could go from being a in sales to being in marketing to being in finance Mm. like you just hop around and you find what's right and that's the other thing that I guess is like another fear is at the moment finding like is it okay to kind of jump around jobs because for some people they're going to look at that and be like oh like she can't hold down a job for like longer than six months mm. or a, sh- a long period of time but then other people it's like well she's obviously just not found her path, place yeah, or yeah. like where she wants to be um, but like yeah does that like <laughs> to be fair that's five of those Some Pomeranian chihuahua. dogs that was always oh Action. they're not starting to bark now <laughs> 
I can handle the I can handle the pigeons, but I cannot handle these dogs. <laughs> okay, it's we're really gonna wrap this up. I have one last question though. Yeah. Because um, this is what your friends know podcast. I'm gonna link it back to a friend's question. So my question is, what is what is one similar characteristic that you have you share with all your friends? Hmm. Or what's one trait that you sort of, if you could boil it down to one trait that you look for in a friend or that your friends or close friends display, what would it be? Hmm. It's funny because like I think about my friends that I've made since being in the UK mm. and then the friends that I have at home and it's kind of all a bit different. Yeah. What but about New Zealand friends and then UK friends? I feel like all my friends at home are just so calm and like casual. Mm. Like, oh, I don't know how to explain. I don't know how to explain what I'm trying to That's good think of. Laid but back. Like, yeah, easy going. But but everyone's like obviously really hard working and, and they have their own things that they like put their time into. Um, You're good. <laughs> but I don't know, like I just have this, when I think of like what my friends are like at home, I have this like, bit, like this memory of my friend Gabby um, and two Gabby's really confusing, but um, just like when she meets people just like I know the exact way that she like approaches hugging someone and I, I know the exact way she approaches greeting someone mm. and she's just so calm and friendly and all of my friends have that same characteristics like the way that when we meet people we're just just so like open and open, welcoming um, and yeah just like genuinely nice people like all the people that I'm friends with are obviously nice because I don't want to be friends with people who aren't nice but smart, a smart, smart move. Um, but all my friends are bitches. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't know. It's just, and I also think it's a New Zealand thing as well. Everyone's just so happy and like, and it's, that's the thing with moving overseas and hanging out with you guys because I didn't hang out with you in New Zealand at mm. all. But we've kind of all just got this in this place that we have limited people that we know well. <laughs> Limited options. <laughs> um, and so we're like, fuck it, let's just all hang, hang out yeah. together. And we have such a good time. But it's funny, like I said to you the other day, like you remind me of Sophia Meldrum so Oh much. yeah, yeah. But it's like that same, oh, just like calm and like welcoming, just like happy to speak to anyone. Right. Yeah. It's all fake. Does that answer the question? Yeah, that does answer the question. <laughs> good job. <laughs> That's a lovely way. I mean, I think it's like, I don't know, you don't realise how... Um, like when I first moved here I went to all these like hangouts with new people mm. it was like really in my like I'm gonna make friends mode yeah and then um I mean I thought I was being myself and I definitely at the time felt like I was being myself yeah um or as as myself as I could be yeah but it's only until you hang out with people that you've known for years and have known you for years that you yeah. like I don't know it's just hard to replicate that um in people you've just met you yeah. know like I don't know there's there's aspects of you like you're more like laid back relaxed self you have less you don't feel like you have to prove yourself you don't really feel like you have to put your best yeah. foot forward yeah, yeah, yeah. not that you're you know putting your worst but like I don't know it's just something I've learned I didn't really think that um it's a beautiful light coming in that way yeah the, the, um, the palms have gone yeah god it's really cleared out um well Gabby thank you so much for coming on the what your friends know podcast thank this has been lovely yeah it's been a it nice it started off a bit chaotic with the pigeons and stuff yeah there was a lot but going we on we didn't get pooed on success